On a brand new Josh Jason's Punch Out, I continue my look back the year that was 2023 in the world of mixed martial arts and really the UFC. Look back at July, August, and September, part three of this four-part series. Returning as always, Paul Fontaine to help me co-host as we look back at all the happenings in the Octagon and outside the Octagon during this three-month stretch, including some big nights, big money fights, big revenues for the UFC. And we rip up, uh, well, we go through what, UFC 290 all the way through UFC 293. Yes, 293, that's right. A lot of pay-per-views during this time. A lot of discussion about all kinds of other things, including the uh, Kung Lee versus Zufa lawsuit, the class action lawsuit. Big advancement there. Noche UFC debut. New BMF champion. All this good stuff as well. Really fun episode. I hope you're going to enjoy it. And let's get to it. Myself and Paul Fontaine talking Q3 in the world of mixed martial arts for 2023. Enjoy. Well, the MMA Year in Review series continues. We are on episode three, quarter three of 2023. A lot of threes there. And July, August, and September, according to my calendar, uh, Paul Fontaine of this website and the uh, In the Clinch podcast, currently on a, a, a short hiatus, a short vacation, a well-earned break for uh, for the fellas, you and Ryan. And uh, so you get a chance to talk with me and talk some MMA. It's uh, So you kind of you know keep, uh, keep in practice, I guess, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, we've gone. I, Ryan had not missed a show in, I think we're, I think it's our fourth year now and he'd never missed a week. And then he had to miss a week last week. And then this week, cause the Patreon ended um, where we're now on the fight game media free feed. So starting in January, you'll get us every week, every Wednesday morning on, uh, on fight game media free feed. So you can look forward to that. There's the plug out of the way now, but uh, I'm getting my fix of talking to MMA, talking to you. And we're actually getting into some more recent stuff. That's right. Show. So yeah. Yeah. Like in a lot of cases, some of these are like the people's last fight that they had. And so, yes, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. So for some reason, if uh, someone's dropping into the series for the first time, uh, this is the, we do four of these episodes quarter by quarter throughout the year, hitting up uh, some of the big news and notes and so on and so forth from uh, the MMA year, really the UFC year. Cause that was the, uh, the dominant player in the game with Bellator essentially on, uh, on last legs and uh, which we'll talk about in the final episode. Uh, no spoilers there. Anyway, July, obviously a traditionally rather a big month for UFC because they always have their international fight week and they held not one, but two pay-per-views uh, this month and did uh, pretty well at the box office for both of them. We'll kick off with UFC 290 from Las Vegas at T-Mobile. Just over 19,000 people in attendance, a $9.75 million gate. This is the International Fight Week card. Uh, it's always good to be the UFC, especially in 23. Uh, headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky picking up a TKO victory over Yair Rodriguez to unify the uni- uh, featherweight championships. Of course, Yair, the interim title holder. And Alexander P- Pantoja uh, defeating uh, Brandon Moreno to win the flyweight titles. That title continues to change hands back and forth. DDP Drusius Duplessis is how how is that better pronunciation? Uh, I think like I think he puts the emphasis on the last like it's Plessis, Plessis. you know at, at the yeah like so think uh you know Dupree in uh, WWE okay, got um, it, got it. yeah yeah so it's kind of like that 
I got it. Yeah. So DDP will come pick up a, yeah, uh, a key TKO victory over former uh, champion Robert Whitaker. And afterwards, there was this uh, in cage confrontation with Israel Adesanya and DDP that, of course, Dana White did not like because anything out of his control, Dana White does not like. And so that happened afterward. And uh, Robbie Lawler in his retirement fight, how, how perfect. 38 second knockout victory over Nico Price. Bo Nickel also weird picked up a 38 second. Uh, knockout victory and then uh fighter josiah harrell was uh, pulled from the card due to a pre-fight mri part of the kind of medicals and everything they do and they found he had something called moya moya syndrome and he was immediately scheduled for brain surgery essentially it's a thing where you can uh you're more prone to seizures which you know was so in a, in a, in a fight <laughs> in a sport that's fighting that probably is not the best thing in the world but he ended up having a surgery scheduled and apparently after the surgery with this syndrome, uh, your your risk of having these seizures due to I don't know if it's clots or something along those lines uh, is like greatly reduced, basically down to zero, like normal. So, um, but it's crazy. He had he had no idea, and they found something during the MRI, and uh, that potentially saved his life. So, uh, obviously, a good story there. But yeah, this was you know Alexander uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, the Australian, continuing to do his thing and just being dominant and. Arguably, I, I don't know how arguably it is, but you know, one of the best uh, UFC featherweights of all time, and just continues to do his thing even after you know being unsuccessful, going up to 155 against Islam Makachev, uh, and he would you know we'd, we'd hear more about that later in the year, just just being great and probably I think uh, maybe a little underappreciated, but uh, yeah, he, he's just because he's not, you know, he's not a big time talker, he's not the Connor type or even on that level, but. Consistent, does his thing, picks up finishes, and continues to to retain this title. Yeah, um, I guess we could start with that. Um, Volkanovski, I, I like you, the way you put it, underappreciated, because I think that a lot of when you think of the great featherweights of all time, you know, you you're probably thinking about Jose Aldo, Max Holloway, but Volkanovski arguably has a better resume than both of those guys. Um, certainly if you're just talking about UFC, I mean, Aldo obviously won the title in WEC and then carried over to UFC. So you kind of have to look at that reign together, but even then, you know, it's like quality competition. Uh, Volkanovski's beat Holloway three times. I mean, you know, right there. So, you know, he's probably in the conversation for, you know, best of all time, really like for, for any weight class, um, you know, with, with the run that he was on, obviously, you know, people will think about the two times, you know, he moved up to lightweight, but, you know, one of them was on short notice and the other one, arguably he might've won. So, um, you know, it, very, very, you know, great resume for him. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see him pick up that win and, uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more, uh, later on, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was great. This card overall was a great show. Like, a lot of years this would win show of the year um you know in like in the observer awards it's kind of tough for mma now to do it because you know we get so many great wrestling shows and so much more of the wrestling observer audience watches you know wrestling and you know in as opposed to mma or you know maybe they watch a little bit of mma but they don't watch everything and this was a great show a lot of finishes a lot of big results hot crowd um, you know, and the, the Robbie Lawler thing, I mean, that was the best retirement ever. Um, you know, like, you know, he knocks the guy out on the featured prelim. So, you know, great big audience there to see that, um, on ESPN. 
And then he got, they got, they had time to show like a, you know, a, a little bit of a highlight package of his career. And he did cut this emotional speech afterwards. It was just great. It was the kind of thing that, you know, if you missed it, like you wanted to go back and watch it later. Um, and uh, yeah, Bo Nickel obviously is a guy that, you know, all the UFC hype is behind and he got a big win over a guy, Val Woodburn, who I believe he, he got this call earlier that week. Uh, yeah, it was a late notice, replacement. Yeah. yeah. Cause he was supposed to fight Trishon Gore and the guy that won tough. And uh, then he pulled out and they got this guy. And I think they said he'd been working at his day job doing like landscaping or something and got a call and, you know, had to make weight and came in. So that, that was, you know, kind of interesting story, but it was a guy that, you know, was, he was on UFC's radar anyways. I think he had trained with some of the bigger names and uh, Cormier was kind of hyping him up on commentary, but uh, he, he got he got wasted by nickel, and then of course the other big news and and set up you know what you know should have been a big fight but it might never happen now um, where you know Adesanya came in and confronted uh, DDP um, and you know and they, it was a little bit racially charged um, and uh, Adesanya looked like he may have been a little bit under the influence while he was doing it uh, used some choice language and DDP just just kind of stared him down. And I mean, at, at that moment, like that fight felt big and DDP and Adesanya, but they ended up going with Adesanya and Sean Strickland because I think DDP came out of this with an injury and he wasn't going to be ready in time. Right. And then of course, Adesanya lost the title. So now DDP is going to be challenging Strickland. So, you know, I, I think the UFC is probably hoping that DDP wins and then they finally do get to do that uh, Adesanya match uh, when Adesanya comes back from his time off. So, Overall, like I said, really big card, really successful card. I know they had the two pay-per-views, and we'll talk about the other one, um, you know, in July. And both of these shows originally were supposed to be bigger. You know, and I think a lot of the ticket sales might have had to do with that because I know there were rumors about Connor possibly being on the show at one point. And then John Jones was originally, I think, going to fight on the uh, on the second show, but then they pushed that back to Madison Square Garden. And then, of course, that ended up not happening either, but... Um, so there, you know, there was a lot of rumors for this show and they ended up though, you know, with, you look at this card on paper and, you know, it's fe- headlined by a featherweight title fight and a flyweight title fight. It doesn't look like a huge card, but, um, and I don't know what kind of business it did on paper. You, they didn't announce anything, but, um, $9.5 million gate can't, can't really go wrong with that. Um, or almost 10 actually 9.75. Yeah. So 19,000 fans. That's, uh, you know, pretty crazy. Oh, and that Josiah Harrell thing, um, that might've saved his life. Um, you know, and and like, so, you know, you say what you want about UFC, but they do these pre-fight medicals and, uh, you know, this kind of reminded me of the Dan Hardy situation where, you know, I think it's similar where he was doing, uh, getting ready for a fight and then he medicals and he found out he had a different heart condition, but, um, and he, we still haven't seen him fight and he probably, probably won't. Um, and, uh, so with Josiah Harrell, I mean, and I think UFC paid for the surgery and, um, you know, probably took care of him a little bit. Dana White does a lot of things like that under the radar. You know, people say a lot of bad things about him, but when it comes to looking after fighters, like he, he goes above and beyond in some cases, which I guess makes up for the fact that they don't pay them for actual fighting very well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other two things. So Yair Rodriguez, I'm interested to see what happens with him mm-hmm. next. He doesn't fight a lot. Um, you know, he's interesting when he does fight, but just very infrequent that he does fight. Um, so we'd like to see him kind of get more, more reps in there, more in the mix and, and, uh, kind of see where he's at. Obviously the 
it's going to be tough for him to to get another shot for a while. But uh, and also, uh, you know, Pantoja is flyweight champion. You know, the flyweight title. A lot of you know that Moreno Figueredo series brought some attention to it. You know, but I think it's you know the post Demetrius Johnson era. It certainly has changed around and been. I think a little. Well, it seems to be a lot in a little bit better shape than it was, say, during that era when just it was Demetrius Johnson and seemingly like everybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and now we're finally getting past the Figueredo Moreno series that kind of ha- had the title in limbo for a while. But more often than not, you see flywoods on the card and it's like, yeah, that's gonna be a great fight. And they, they're kind of they, they kind of mention it almost every fight now, like, oh, the flywoods are back. The flywoods are back. They've been back for a while. It's not a story sure. anymore. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like watching the cruiserweights if you're a wrestling fan. Like, it's just, you know, just nonstop action and the fights are always great. So. Yeah, real quick, going to Volkanovski, 26 and three overall record. His only never has only lost twice in the UFC, mm-hmm. as both to Islam Makachev. Everything else has been uh, a victory, and he had a loss way, way back in, uh, in his uh, indie days, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah def- definitely up there for one of the best of all time and definitely uh, underappreciated, I would say. We then flip to uh, UFC 291 in Salt Lake City, Utah, hotbed of MMA. Uh, 18,000, just over 18,000 fans in 10, $6.5 million gate. Another big one in there. And Justin Gaethje defeating Dustin Poirier via head kick knockout to win the BMF championship. Uh, we had, um, uh, Pereira over Jan. What, what I can't even read my own notes. Oh, uh, oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who's yeah, Jan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Pereira, Pereira, uh, over, um, uh, uh, like, Jan Blahovich. Oh my God. I'm just completely have a, a blank. I wrote this out because I put Jan. I thought it was going to be so funny. And now I can't remember what it is. Over uh, Jan Blahovich. And this, of course, was uh, Pahaya's, Alex Pahaya's debut at, at uh, light heavyweight and uh, looked great in doing so. And uh, some good things on the road for him. Uh, Michelle Pahaya versus Wonderboy Thompson was scrapped following a bad weight cut. And Pahaya missed by a couple pounds. And this started this story about. Uh, Wonder Boy Thompson not being paid his show money. And afterward, I think it was the following month that uh, Dana White had mentioned, um, was was asked about this. And because Thompson said, I, you know, still wasn't paid show money. And Dana White said, well, there's more to this. He, he declined to fight Pahaya at like two or three pounds overweight. He declined and they offered him another fight and he didn't take it. So they weren't going to pay him his show money. So that'd be, there was a whole like, like interesting has side sidebar on the uh on the whole like fight pay conversation and and all that stuff. So that was just kind of notable. Uh Kevin Holland tapped uh Michael Chiesa, uh submission win there. Derek Lewis, a quick win over Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Tony Ferguson lost for the sixth straight time, and there were people calling for his uh retirement or just him to be done with the UFC. He would fight one more time, which we'll talk about before the end of the series. And <laughs> this is another headline. Uh Priscilla Cachoeira was accused of exposing Miranda Maverick's boobs during a fight. And they saw showed a clip, and essentially she was trying to... Uh, uh, Maverick was on top at one point, and uh, Cachoeira, like, grabbed her top, was, like, pulling her, kind of went through the top, and and uh, I don't I believe the referee caught it, but it was a... That became a story a little bit afterwards. But, you know, this is the... You know, the big news coming out of it, obviously, is, uh, you know, Alex Bahia, uh, a, a potential force at light heavyweight, but more importantly... Justin Gaethje picking up a big win, a big win over Dustin Poirier, who had not fought in quite some time. Seems to be on that kind of that money fight type of train versus going for titles and things like that. He seems to be a little disenchanted with kind of going with the uh, 
going with the flow and, and all that. And Justin Gaethje, again, an, an action fighter. We knew this is going to be a great fight. And then now he's the, uh, you know, the new BMF champion. We'll see what's next for him. And another big gate, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Salt Lake City. I mean, you kind of said that jokingly, you know, but that was the you know, second straight year that they did a show there. Um, and uh, I'll talk about the, the similarities, uh, you know, there in a second, something you didn't put bring in your notes, but uh, in regards to the main event. But um, people look at uh, guys like me and Ryan and some of the others, you know, like, you know, your Mike Bond and your Nick Baldwin and all these people that watch everything. Right. And you wonder, why do we watch even all the prelims? Well, the, the Priscilla Cachera, Miranda Maverick story. There you go. <laughs> there's a reason why. Um, you know, but no, there's, there's some great fights on these shows. And and, and that's why, you know, it's, it's not the accidental bloop exposure. Um, <laughs> but no, the uh, in the main event, one of the things, the, the head kick knockout um, was, uh, it was eerily reminiscent of the main event of UFC 278, which was in August of 2022. So almost a year earlier. Um, they had, uh, it was Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman. It was the exact same kick and they showed it and it was in the same building and everything. And they, they showed the, the replay and it was eerily similar to, to how, how it was. And I believe, and it could be wrong, but I believe that Kamara Usman actually trained with Geishi and may have like showed him the kick or something like, uh, it was, there was something about that. I, I may have the details wrong there and, uh, Ryan will rake me over the coals when he hears this, <laughs> if, if I got it wrong, but, um, they, yeah, that was a big, big kind of just more ironic than anything else. So it wasn't like, you know, I don't think he planned it. He just saw the opportunity and, and took advantage of it. Um, the wonder boy story was, was big. And we talked about this a lot on our show. And I mean, it just kind of goes to show you like this company is making so much money on these fight nights. Um, you know, and, and, and pay-per-view obviously, you know, again, I don't know, you know, they're getting, I think it's the equivalent of 300,000 buys for every show, like guaranteed from ESPN. Plus they get the gate plus, you know, the advertising and all this. And to be fair, like, you know, wonder boy has one of the higher show money, you know, uh, contracts in the company. I think he's getting like 400,000, which mm. I mean, is nothing. Everyone could make 400,000 and they'd still be making money. But, um, so he's supposed to get 400 grand. He makes weight. He's ready to fight. And then he refuses to take a fight against the guy that missed weight. And then, or, or refuses to take a fight against the guy who he wasn't ready to fight. And then they decide they're not going to pay him. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it came off really badly. And, you know, that they're, and, and plus wonder boy is such a nice guy. You know, and everybody loves him. And uh, so that was uh, that was tough. The other thing I want to mention that Derek Lewis, you you mentioned the, the knockout. Um, Derek Lewis looks so good here. Um, I mean, it was only 33 seconds, but he came in. He looked like a light heavyweight. Like, I mean, and normally, you know, Derek Lewis is, you know, a big dude. He cuts to make 265. He was in great shape. He was moving fast and he like he did a flying knee, you know, Derek Lewis. And I think Marcus Rosario de Lima had no idea what hit him. And it was just like it was incredible. And then he just like pounced on him and finished him on the ground. And it was just like it was a completely different fighter. And I it just got me so excited to see Derek Lewis again. And we would see him again later in the year and it didn't go quite as well. But um, I uh, yeah, I just that, that was the one you know, I remember. And then he did, you know, he did his typical interview afterwards. And, um, you know, everybody loves Derek Lewis, too. So just a great, great show overall. And uh, one that, you know, if you're going to watch, go back and watch one UFC show from this year. I mean, it's probably either this or the Mexico City one that we'll talk about later. Let's go. Or not some... Mexico City, but uh, the the, um, no, the Noche UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Noche yeah. UFC. Vegas. Yeah. But yeah, talk but, about that. Yeah, in a few minutes. Yeah. 
All right, let's go over the rest of the uh, the month of July. We had uh, UFC Vegas 76, Sean Strickland. I always want to say Shane Strickland. Sean Strickland <laughs> over, oh boy, Absupian Magomedov. Abu, yeah, just go with Abu. Abu. Abu Magomedov. Uh, second yeah. round TKO in the main event there. Of course, uh, helping set him up for, you mentioned, for the uh, future Israel Adesanya fight. We'll talk about in a few minutes. UFC Vegas 77. Myra Bueno Silva took on Holly Holm. And MBS had submitted Holly Holm in the second round. However, the fight was later made a no contest because Silva got popped by USADA for uh, PEDs. So that was made a no contest. Jack Del Madalena uh, picked a win over Basil Haves. At least how you pronounce it. Something like that. All these new different names now. Um, yeah. I think by decision victory. UFC London, 15,000 in the house, $2.5 million gate. Hometown guy, Tom Aspinall, uh, continuing his road to what would be eventually a Interim light heavyweight or interim heavyweight title shot, rather, uh, taking on uh, Marcin Tybora and uh, Tom Aston. I'll pick out the win via first round TKO. Uh, a power slap match was made part of the UFC 290 weigh ins, much to everyone's chagrin. Dana White said on Conor McGregor returning in 2023, Who cares what USADA says? We'll talk more about that in our finale coming up in a little while. Uh, Dominic Cruz versus Devison Figueredo was rumored for September. That fight would not happen. John Jones versus Stipe Miocic was official for November's UFC 295 Madison Square Garden. That fight also would not happen. The Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou boxing match, the, the date and everything was reportedly set. Kevin Lee retired after a UFC submissions, UFC uh, Vegas 76 submission loss. Walt Harris was pulled from an upcoming fight night show due to a USADA suspension. Rampage Jackson said he wanted to return in 2024 for a company called the UFL. Never heard of them. Usman Nurmagomedov was pulled out of the, uh, his fight night headliner against Corey Sandhagen for the upcoming Nashville show. Rob Font was tabbed to fill in the spot instead. Uh, Kamzat Jamaya versus Paul Costa was set for UFC 294. Mike Jackson versus Pat Militech signed for a fight after a uh, Twitter beef. And Vicente Luque was clear to fight again after a brain bleed scare. Thoughts about any of that? Uh, not a ton there. It, it's funny when, you know, we, we talk about the two pay-per-views and every everything there that we talked about seems so recent. And then you, you look at Sean Strickland getting a win on a fight night. And then, you know, like you think, okay, well, since then he's already won the title and he's already booked for his first defense. Like, so, I mean, that might've felt, feels like it was a year ago that he was, you know, that that fight happened. So it, it's just kind of weird how the people on parallel paths or something yeah. or you know um ufc london uh, another kind of big gate i mean for for them like actually the fight nights like 2.5 million is probably the lowest gate they've done in london since the pandemic um but this card that they did uh this time out was not as marquee as some of the other ones they did you had no right. patty pimblet no molly no darren till you know so tom aspinall was the big name and and it was a nice win for him uh coming back from that gruesome injury he had the year before on on that loaded fight night card that they did uh that in uh, 2022 um the uh yeah a lot of announcements of fights you know we got the kevin lee retirement which you know we kind of knew was coming um and uh yeah the the big uh mike jackson uh fight i know uh that was one i we probably gave a little bit too much attention to uh you know <laughs> on, on our show just because i'm you know i, I like the fact that mike jackson uh wiped the mat with cm punk just you know, personal stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I, 
that Rampage Jackson, that thing just completely uh, was off my radar. So I, I too have no idea what the UFL is. And uh, I hope that uh, we don't see Rampage Jackson fight again because I feel like the last time I saw him was like four years ago and he was way beyond his prime then. So can't imagine what he'd be like now. Yep. We're going to talk more about him in just a few minutes. Uh, right. August. So UFC returned to Boston, Massachusetts, uh, close here. Uh, UFC 292, first pay-per-view since uh, January 2020. My first uh, UFC pay-per-view in Boston that I was not there for. I was actually on vacation that uh, that week, so yeah, I missed out on this. A lot of other people were there, though. 18,000 people, $7.2 million gate. Unbelievable. Uh, Sean O'Malley in the main event, defeating Aljamain Sterling to win the bantamweight title by TKO. This is a uh, a big moment, obviously, for, for Sean O'Malley, a guy that uh, had come up through the ranks, Sugar, Shan, Sugar Sean, and someone that uh, they want. It was kind of clear they want they wanted this guy in high-profile fights, and they made him wait for it, and they knew when he got there it was going to be kind of a big deal. We'll kind of see what's going to be next for him. But in the moment, this was a big thing. The way he won it was big, and they have uh, another character at uh, – 135 and it's the champion Zhang Wiley uh, defending her uh, her strawweight title against Amanda Lemos. Chris Weidman returned in the show in his first fight since breaking his leg. He had a, a loss to uh, Brad Tavares. It was the featured prelim. He was upset that the fight was on the prelims and it turns out afterwards he actually fractured his other leg. Obviously not as severe as when he snapped it in half but had a, a fracture in his other leg and uh, before this fight it was interesting. I was reading a headline that Aljamain Sterling he was claiming he's probably going to vacate the title after UFC 292 if he won, which is kind of interesting. And then uh, Ian Machado Gary uh, picked up a win, a budding uh, Irish star. And we'll talk more about him uh, as the rest of the uh, the series rolls on. And for him to pick up a win in Boston, obviously, you know, Conor McGregor way back in the day uh, had picked up a big win in Boston. Really, it's kind of an interesting fight week. He was the on the prelims, but they gave him like the full – uh, this Connor I'm talking about gave him like the full entrance and all that stuff and just felt like uh, as when he t- actually if I believe Taurus is ACL in if I remember right and it was a it was just seen as this big thing they were truly clearly making him a big thing and and, and Gary trying to get into that and and uh, it was in this in the city he did some appearance at a bar and apparently the cops said if you go outside and and and, uh, and throw mitts what we'll to arrest you for inciting a riot or something like that. Like it's just all this, you know, buzz around this guy. And, uh, and yeah, he picked up a big win here as, as well. But yeah, we had the, the changing of the guard at Bantamweight and, and uh, Chris Weidman returning. So yeah, a little bit of everything on this one. Yeah. Um, I'll start with Ian, I guess. Um, he's a guy like, honestly, at this stage of his career, he might actually be better fighter than Connor was. And, uh, you know, and, and may even have a brighter future in terms of in the cage, whether or not he's ever going to be that kind of draw, obviously, that Connor was remains to be seen. And, pro- you know, the odds are probably against it, but he does have a lot of personality and, and he cuts a great promo and people feel very passionate about him one way or the other. You know, a lot of people hate him. A lot of people really love him. Um, and of course, that Irish fan base is, is going to get behind their guys. Mm. So. Um, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He's 13 and 0. He's only 26 and he's already fought in UFC, I think six times. So, um, you know, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Obviously, hopefully he fights a little bit more regularly than, than he had been. Um, the, uh, Sean O'Malley winning the title was, uh, you know, something obviously that UFC had wanted second guy from the contender series to win a world title after Jamal Hill 
had uh, won the light light heavyweight title, uh, I think, earlier in the year or late last year. Um, and uh, so, you know, big big news there. And it finally happened. And I know a lot of people don't like Aljamain Sterling, so they were kind of happy to see him lose, even though, you know, I don't really quite get the hate that that dude gets. But, uh, you know, whatever. I'm sure people have their reasons. Um, one thing you didn't mention, uh, on the prelims, they had the uh, tough finale. And, uh, you know, it was co Team Connor and Team uh, Chandler. And uh, Brad Katona, who started on Team Chandler, uh, but transferred over to Connor's team when most of Connor's guys got eliminated. And they actually train, you know, in together in real life. Katana's been, uh, you know, in Connor's training camp for like six, seven years or something. Um, he became the first guy to win the Ultimate Fighter twice uh, because this was like the Redemption series. And he's a guy from Winnipeg. So that's right. Him and God, Brad Katona. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Cody. Gibson had one of the best fights of the year, honestly. Um, it was a great fight, um, you know, and I think uh, both guys got signed after the fight. Um, you know, even though Katona was the one that was guaranteed a shot, they gave Cody Gibson a contract as well. And, uh, yeah, and the, uh, the other one, Kurt Hollibaugh, won the uh, lightweight uh, uh, tough challenge. Not quite as memorable in that case. In fact, Austin Hubbard uh, kind of mm, shit the bed pardon my French, uh, in that fight. And I don't think we're going to be seeing him again, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good show. Not quite as good as the international fight week one in terms of, you know, the in the cage action and everything, but certainly notable with Sean O'Malley winning and, uh, Zhang Weili retaining and, uh, kind of cementing her star status as, uh, they were looking, they were supposed to be doing a show in Singapore, um, later this later, like just last month, actually, or maybe it was even earlier this month that it was scheduled for, but then they ended up getting canceled, but they're really trying to make inroads in China. And, uh, Zhang Weili is a big part of that, obviously. And, uh, Zhao Wenan is another one that's uh, doing really well. Kanan Song. And, you know, they got a lot of, uh, great young Chinese fighters coming up. So, uh, you know, uh, some, something that UFC is really invested in and, uh, and uh, wanting to wanting to do well so yeah um just a you know typical uh you know ufc card they rarely disappoint um you know when you when you pay for them but sometimes when you look at them on paper like it's like mm, who are these people but uh you know if you, if you pay and watch the fights they they tend to be really good and the other big news of the month was the kung lee versus zufa uh class action lawsuit advanced after a judge grant uh certification to the case and ufc was hoping to appeal you know, at this point, uh, this happened back in August, even at this point, as we sit here in late December or mid-December, that uh, that has not happened. And all indications, this thing's moving forward. And for those that have paid attention to it, this is a, a huge deal. It's a huge deal because we've seen a lot of documents come out of uh, Discovery, um, a lot of correspondence with Dana White and Lorenzo Petita. And uh, this is, uh, even with a settlement, I mean, this settlement could be, a billion dollars. I mean, there are some estimates it could be several billion dollars if, if the UFC uh, loses this case, uh, essentially this antitrust case, and and so on. This is a yeah, this is a big thing, and and probably deserves to be paid more attention to. I think just of all the you know the legalese and all this stuff, it, it's tough for a lot of people to kind of grasp. But it's this is a a huge thing, and again, it's the fact it's got to this point after what ten years of being in court that it has some legs and that again, even if it's a settlement, it's probably going to be at least a billion dollars to, to these fighters uh, that are part of this class action suit. This is pretty, I mean, this is no chump change. This is a big thing. 
Yeah, and, and it's not just a big story in MMA. Like, you know, the, there'll be ramifications to this in the world of pro wrestling as well because, um, you know, there's, um, you know, the, the, they could do a class action lawsuit against WWE for similar things, mm. um, you know, in terms of holding down wrestler pay um, and trying to, you know, have what essentially became a monopoly. Um, th- th- it was a surprising ruling as well because really – there has been competition for UFC the whole time and, and, you know, Bellator and PFL and one and these other companies, you know, we're signing guys away from UFC like all the time. Mm. So it's not like, um, you know, if, if fighters wanted to make money, they did, they did have companies to play off each other. And in many cases there were bidding wars. And so the fact that people were choosing to sign with UFC for less money than they could earn elsewhere it's kind of like really i don't really understand why that's ufc's you know fault but i guess you know the judge disagreed and and he you know basically said that the you know this is going to trial or you guys are gonna have to settle but we're not throwing the case out and uh you know as you said i think it's 1200 fighters on this class action lawsuit and if you do the math if there's a billion dollar settlement which most people seem to think there will be that's an average of 833,000 per fighter um that's huge tom waller's in this thing mm-hmm. um you know like that you know that could, that's a nice windfall for for him and and all the other guys now i don't know how it's going to be distributed like you know because there's guys like connor and you know gsp and the other people that are all in this as well so sure. maybe the the bigger names are going to get more but you know it's still gonna be a lot of money for for all these fighters if they get it and if it goes to trial yeah i mean i think you know they could be looking at six seven billion um, yeah. in settlement but but as you mentioned i think a bigger thing in addition to the money was was the discovery and all this stuff that's going to come out that ufc didn't want to come out so i think that's why they were hoping this case would get thrown out so even the longer that it goes without a settlement more and more information is coming out we're getting more information about fighter pay we got very detailed information uh, i know there's correspondence that they probably don't want getting out there think about some of the stuff that came out in the nfl stuff you know, with the owners talking to each other about players and, yeah. um, you know, like I, I imagine there's some real bad stuff out there that Dana probably doesn't want out. So yeah. this is definitely one to keep an eye on and, and a huge, huge story. And uh, yeah. And as you said, I think, you know, it, it could be, it turn into more of a mainstream sports story than just, you know, among a pro rest or MMA and even pro wrestling fans. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. One to watch for 24. For sure. Let's go over some of the uh, other results of the month and everything else that happened in the month of August. We had UFC Nashville again mentioned that for 18,000 attendance, $2.1 million at the gate. Corey Sandhagen picking up a relatively boring decision win over Rob Font. Dana White uh, walked out during the main event <laughs> and all that. Uh, Corey or, uh, Tatiana Suarez uh, submitting Jessica Andrade. Justin Jacoby, uh, who I did not realize was still fighting, uh, won via first round TKO. So again, some of these guys just and, and women still kind of holding on. UFC Vegas seventy eight. We had Vicente Luque defeating uh, Rafael dos Anjos, uh, another guy that's been in the, in the game for a long time uh, by decision. Uh, Cub Swanson picking up a decision win over Hakeem Dewadu, and then Khalil Roundtree picking up a first round knockout over Chris Dawkins. Uh, UFC did return to Singapore this month for a fight night event, ten thousand in attendance. A $1.28 million gate. Max Holloway knocking out the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung in the third round, and the Korean zombie retired after the fight. Anthony Smith pick up a decision win over Ryan Spann at light heavyweight, and then Aaron Blanchfield picked up a decision win here on the card. I'll go through the uh, the rest of the month here. We had The Rock 
buying a fighter Themba Garimbo a house. He apparently heard his story and really liked it and bought him a house. <laughs> it's like best friends of him now. It's it's kind of an interesting story. Uh Song Yedong was robbed at gunpoint. Uh Israel Asani versus Sean Strickland was set for the following months, UFC 293 in Sydney, Australia. Dana White went into detail about again the Wonder Boy non-pay situation, which I talked about a few minutes ago. TJ Dillashaw said he wants to return. He feels he had a forced retirement due to these all these problems with his shoulders and all these what all these doctors are telling him. However, he needs a part from a cadaver in order to get a wow. transplant and uh, and make this happen. So so who knows? He said he's having an issue. Um, uh, even training uh, fellow fighters just because he he wants to fight himself and he's having a difficult time with it. Derek Lewis, you just mentioned him, signed a new eight-fight deal with the UFC. Some new rules were established by the uh, ABC commission to help fighters who either get eye poke, cuts from fouls, stalling, etc. Some of those were included. Uh, fighters will have access to a cut man after being cut by a foul or an accidental headbutt. You know, fighters will have more time to recover from eye pokes before being examined by a doctor. And uh, they're going to be separate more uh, rules about separating stalling fighters. I, I was trying to look this up today. I don't know if these took effect immediately or if it's a January thing or I, I'm not, I couldn't really find when everything was actually kind of being uh, put into action here. But um, yeah, that was something that happened during August. You also had UFC claiming that uh, Tafan Chikui, I believe that's how you pronounce the last name. I, I always go in, in, in Chikui, but in Chikui, I, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Claim he was the only Cameroonian uh, fighter in company history. And it's kind of interesting because there was a pretty massive heavyweight that we just saw. Oh, yeah. Francis Ngannou was also yeah. Cameroonian. Uh, UNA and Jacek officially retired on paper, uh, handing her in her uh, retirement paperwork. And then Dana White says, no chance that Ronda Rousey returns for UFC 300. That was a rumor floating around in August. Thoughts about any of that? Yeah, the Ronda Rousey rumor obviously stemming from the fact that she had left uh, WWE that month uh, after SummerSlam. So, you know, she became we weren't exactly sure how free of an agent she was, but right, I mean, she right. showed up in, you know, Ring of Honor. So uh, that, you know, tells me that she's pretty much free to do whatever she wants. But I guess she doesn't want to fight because I would imagine UFC would have been very interested in her for UFC 300 if she wanted to fight. But uh, clearly she probably doesn't. Um, the UFC Nashville gate, and then, you know, you follow that up and then the Singapore and then, and which they probably got a site fee for, and then you follow that up with UFC 78 in the apex. And, uh, you know, it just kind of brings that to light. We've talked about that on a previous show, but, um, just, I mean, they literally just announced, I think, or it was somebody reported today that they, they're still applying for more, um, permits to run fight nights in uh in the apex there's two in march and one in april yes that's going to be doing so i i just i have no idea with these massive gates that they're doing you know for these cards that are like really nothing cards you know i don't know why they're not traveling but you know whatever i guess they got their reasons uh mark shapiro is a bit of a bean counter so um he must feel that it makes them more money um, I like the new rules. Um, I, I, I too, I'm not sure when they were officially implemented, but I think what happens is a lot of times, like if a referee referees know that these rules are coming, they kind of just start to, you know, kind of use them, even if they're not necessarily official. And cause I do, it does seem like there's been longer, you know, waits for people with, with eye pokes and stuff. And I'm not sure about the, the, I like the rule about the cut man being able to close a cut if it was from a foul or an accidental headbutt. So um, that those are good and welcome changes. 
Um, and uh, yeah, then that, yeah, the, uh, the rock story was uh, kind of like I said, interesting. I, uh, I wish uh, he'd buy me a house. <laughs> maybe, maybe it just hasn't heard my story yet. I got a good story. <laughs> one, one thing we did not actually include in here, and I should have included in here, was it wasn't a, a MMA fight, it was a boxing fight. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. So we oh, fought, yeah. So I, I actually have this, I have this up here because I've kept thinking like there's one thing here that happened there this month. I'm like, oh yeah. So yeah, so it was Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Um again, Nate in a, a boxing uh affair. And this was a fight that had been rumored for say ever since Nate Diaz started grumbling, but that has been the case his entire career. So really over like the last year, two years, something like that. When uh, Jake Paul kind of became a thing, uh, took place in uh, early August at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, uh, approximately estimated almost half a million pay-per-view buys and about $27 million in revenue and uh, $3.1 million gates and so not too bad there. But yeah, Jake Paul uh, defeated Nate Diaz by unanimous decision. And again, this is Nate Diaz's uh, pro boxing debut. I don't remember seeing anything about this. I don't, I don't remember actually, or I, I never watched the fight. So from what I saw in clips that I remember, it was pretty dominant other than I think, you know, Nate Diaz had a couple, couple flurries, but it was just kind of like, eh, this fight happened. It was like, wasn't that interesting. And, uh, there was a lot of kind of tie ups and, and, uh, all those type of things, but really wasn't too much to write home about. Yeah. I didn't see the fight, uh, from what I heard, Nate Diaz kind of, as the fight went on. He got better. And, uh, you know, if it was, you know, they don't do these anymore, but if it was like a 15 round fight, you know, he may have ended up, you know, finishing him or, or at least, you know, maybe winning a few more rounds, but, uh, it was a kind of a weird show too. There's a lot of, you have, uh, MMA fighters on yeah. the undercard. Yeah. Jeremy Stevens, uh, Heather Hardy, Amanda Serrano, um, the uh, CJ Hamilton, you know, a Bellator fighter. So, um, I, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch it. I kind of questioned that 500,000 buys, but, you know, that's what they claimed. So who knows? Um, you know, Diaz made a lot of money off of this. And I think now he kind of chucked that off his bucket list and probably going to end up back in UFC. Though the one notable thing here for pro wrestling fans was it was the same night as SummerSlam and Logan Paul wrestled in uh, one of the early SummerSlam matches and hopped on a private charter yes. and made, and that was in where was SummerSlam was like in the Northeast somewhere, right? Uh, um, SummerSlam. Was it Nashville or no, that was last year. Oh, it was, right. it was further North than that, wherever Philly, I want to say, or somewhere like that. But um, no, it was Detroit. It was Detroit. Oh, that's right. So Detroit, he, yes. he goes from Detroit to Dallas and, uh, and makes it in time for his brother's fight. He's still in his wrestling gear. Uh, walking him down to the ring so that was uh, that was kind of cool because technically these shows went head to head kind of i mean the prelims of the boxing uh which were probably going on at the same time as SummerSlam, but um that, that was kind of interesting and uh when they first announced this is happening on the same day you were wondering well is logan paul gonna be able to do it and they figured out a way to do it so that was kind of cool um if you're into both sports like i said i didn't watch it but i know a lot of people that did so um, but yeah, it, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I don't really understand the, 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 appeal of these, uh, Paul brothers and the fighting, but a lot of people seem to like it. So yeah, it's yeah. And there was one Bellator event that took place during the month. There was uh Bellator 298 Logan Storley defeating Brennan Ward in the main event there. That was at, uh, mm -hmm. the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So there you go. Bellator yeah. coming to an end. <laughs> shortly, Two, shortly three more shows i think after the, that one that, that's right 
Uh, all right, well, let's flip to uh, September, and we had two big events in the course of the month. We had uh, one pay-per-view, uh, UFC 293 in Sydney, Australia, 18,000 attendance, $6.8 million gate, and Sean Strickland, an upset win. I was so surprised to see this over uh, Israel Adesanya to win the middleweight title. Strickland, one of those fighters you know, we're kind of alluding to earlier, just a guy that just loves to stay busy, always down to fight, and had uh, when he lost to because he lost to Marvin Vittori last year, right? Do I remember that mm-hmm. correctly? I believe so, yeah. And it was like, uh, it was kind of one of those cases of, well, I guess that was a, yeah, that was a run. He's, you know, a loud guy and whatever like that, but he kind of got put in his place and Vittori ended up losing to Adesanya. And then, you know, a year later, Strickland is not only getting the opportunity in Australia against Israel Adesanya, but then beats him to win the title. And that's a huge upset here. Uh, Jared Cannonier uh, was actually the backup fighter for this as well. Uh, Alexander Volkov was on the card. And, and again, heavyweight fight uh, submitting Tai to Ivasa. So Volkov, one of these guys that still seems like just by battle of attrition, he's eventually going to get a heavyweight title shot someday just because, you know, he may just be one of the last guys standing. And when everything happens, it could be next year. You never know. But yeah, I mean, this was this is all about Sean Strickland, who backed up the talk. And regardless of what you Think of what he says and all that. He defeated one of the best fighters in the game right now. And at this point, as we talked about last month, uh, the last episode, we don't know, really don't know where Israel Asanya is, is going to be next. He's taking some time off and and so on. But, you know, this could be, we may have just seen the apex of Asanya or we could see a second coming. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, as far as, you know, second time and what a year picking up a loss. And this one to a guy that not a lot of people expected to beat him. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a question of, you know, is Adesanya, you know, is he, is he, has he passed his peak? Is he slowing down? Is it just too many fights? Um, I know, you know, we've talked about how a lot of the big names don't fight a lot, and Adesanya was the exception, you know, fighting typically fighting two or three times a year, and we just don't see that out of champions in UFC anymore, and maybe this is part of the reason why because you're always susceptible, and and this was, this was thorough domination like it was not you know a, a look you know like when um uh you know leon edwards beat kamaru usman the first time and and you know and he was losing the fight and then he just you know got a lucky not not lucky but you know a sudden knockout and uh and got the win this was sean strickland just dominating it as israel asani from start to finish he just had the perfect game plan and uh was able to implement it and and won and you know, kind of let the balloon out of the air uh, for the Australian crowd because they, in the co-main event, they'd seen Tai Tuivasa get submitted, uh, dominated by Alexander Volkov. So two straight, you know, uh, native sons in a, in a way. Adesanya born in in Africa, but you know, uh, trained and grew up in in Australia. So you know, very much a hometown guy there. Uh, after what had been a pretty good night uh, for the Australians uh, going up to that, you know. Uh, Justin Taffa and Tyson Pedro kicking off the main card with impressive knockouts and uh, Manal Cop, who also I think trains in that area, I think, or maybe not. Was this the? This wasn't the show with the slurs, right? That was another one. He, I think. Oh, that was that. That might happened. During, I think it might have. That ha- definitely happened. No, you know what? I think it was this one. Uh, because yeah, because I think it's illegal to actually use the that language in Australia, and there was talk of whether these guys were getting arrested. Yeah, and Manal Cop was supposed to fight Kai Car France on this card and Car France had to had got pulled from the fight cuz he had a concussion so mm-hmm. Manel Cop is doing his post fight promo and he's talking and he's you know starts out really nice and everything like that and then he just 
calls uh, Manel Cop uh, a real bad word that we don't say on the radio or in public, uh, you know, in regards to sexual orientation. And uh, and the fans did not like that. And uh, Kaikar France uh, was, you know, they almost got into it, you know, right then and there. And that was right after a prelim fighter had done the same. I think it was Charles Radke yeah, uh, okay, on the yeah. prelim. Yeah, and uh, he had done the same, and and he he cut it, and I think Daniel Cormier was in the ring doing the interviews both times, and both times he cut the interview off right away uh, as soon as that word got uttered, and uh, yeah, it was just it was bizarre because you never hear that like, uh, and then we hear it twice on the same show. Yeah, it was definitely this one. Um, so yeah, that was uh, what the big the big talking point for a lot of people was coming out of this again after what was a pretty cool, pretty big card, and Sean Strickland. Uh, Becoming a bit of a fan favorite, uh, surprisingly, because he's a bit of a weird dude. Uh, but, uh, pe- you know, there's a lot of uh, people like him for some reason. And, uh, you know, he's uh, I know UFC was afraid of what would happen if he got a win and what he would say. And he actually cut, you know, a really uh, nice promo, put over Adesanya, you know, just you know, it was no controversy at all in anything he said in the post fight promo. So that was shocking, especially after the stuff that had happened earlier in the night. I know. uh I know that was what, another talking point was like, oh man, you know, after what we've seen, seen and heard tonight, what's going to happen if Sean Strickland gets a mic? And sure enough, he did. And he, and he was very complimentary. So, uh, you know, good for him. Although I think in the post fight press conference afterwards, he let loose and did some strong Strickland stuff. So, but not, not as many people heard that. So, and then we had uh, Noche UFC in Las Vegas. So, the, originally, the, yeah. the goal or the hope. Was this going to be in Mexico? But they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't pull this off. But they wanted to do something for Mexican Independence Day, and apparently, uh, next year I believe Dana White said that that is the goal. They're going to do this in, in Mexico. But yeah, nearly uh, nineteen thousand people for a two point two million dollar gate. So this was a a a uh, a lower gate than they usually have in Las Vegas. But uh, packing the house at the T-Mobile, and this was a show that was up for free. And Alexa Grasso and uh, and uh, Valentina Shevchenko went to a draw. Uh, due to a 10-8 round that caused some controversy afterwards. So uh, Grasso retained her flyweight championship. Uh, Jack Della Medina uh, defeating Kevin Holland in a very close fight in this card, continuing his rise in the division. And then the youngster, Raul Rojas Jr., uh, picking up a victory as well. But uh, Dana White really seemed to love this um, this uh, this concept, this Mexican Independence Day concept in, in uh, Noche UFC. And we had the, uh, the flyweight draw. And uh, earlier you were saying this is uh, one of your cards of the year as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great card and I, you know, UFC had never done this before because usually there's a big boxing boxing match scheduled for that weekend. And for whatever reason there wasn't this year. Mm. So they decided to take advantage of it. And like you said, originally they were hoping for Mexico city, but when they couldn't get that, they booked it for the T-Mobile. Um, they put a title fight in there because they wanted this to be a big show it very much felt like a pay-per-view as you were watching it. They put it in the same window as a pay-per-view. It was at the T-Mobile. They had, you know, uh, Bruce Buffer doing the intros. They had the pay-per-view announced crew for the most part. I mean, you know, it wasn't Joe Rogan, but, you know, Joe Rogan doesn't do all the shows anymore. Right. They even brought Brandon Moreno in, uh, you know, for a couple of the uh, cards to do commentary. And, and he was real good on there. Um, and the Mexican fighters did really well. You know, they're either Mexican fighters or fighters of Mexican heritage, you know, um, fighting in a lot of these fights and, uh, and the crowd was super hot for them and, and they fed off of it and it just made for a great atmosphere and a great, uh, just a great fight 
night overall, you know, and, and uh, this is the kind of thing that I think when they do these fight nights, this is what you're hoping for. And again, you know, it's like, if you could do this, why are you fighting in a warehouse? But, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, but in this case, they weren't yeah. fighting in a warehouse. So that main event, I mean, it was, I, it, Shevchenko kind of got screwed, um, you know, because that, that, that 10, eight round was mo was definitely not a 10, eight round. Um, and in fact, like there was, I think there was another round that if you wanted to give it a 10, eight, you, you maybe could have made a better case for it, but no reasonable person would have done it. But the, the judge that did give the 10, eight has a history of giving 10, eights more than most judges do. So it wasn't necessarily out of character for him. I don't think it had nothing to do with where she was from or what, you know, the crowd or anything like that. Like Valentina claimed, it was just a bad decision by the judge. Like that, that's all. But, uh, probably worked out best for UFC because now they can have Alexa Grasso headline a card in Mexico and it'll probably do big numbers and Valentina, you know, can rightfully get another, they'll probably do a trilogy fight at some point. So, mm. um, you know, overall it was nice. Raul Rosas Jr. Rebounded from his first loss, still 18 years old. He's got a great future. Jack Della Madalena Dela Madalena is another name to keep it, keep an eye out for a welterweight, got a big win here, probably biggest win of his career over uh, Kevin Holland. Um, and, uh, you know, split decision, you know, so it wasn't his typical, he's a, he's a great finisher, but, uh, this was, you know, he kind of gutted out the win here, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, again, really, really, um, good show that I couldn't recommend enough for people to go back and check out if you missed it somehow. And we had two other events happening during the month. UFC returned to Paris for the second time, 15,000 attendance, $4 million gate. Cyril Gan, the local boy picked up a second round TKO win over Sergei Spivak as his house was being robbed. You would certainly find out about that afterward. Unfortunate situation there. Uh, there was some talk about whether it was an inside job, someone that in his camp that knew, you know, exactly when he was going to be gone and, and all that. But yeah, interesting situation there. Uh, Manon Firo uh, defeated Rose Namajunas by unanimous decision. Uh, been the first time that Namajunas had fought in a while and uh, the bloom seems to be off the rose. Uh Pun fully intended there. And then we had UFC Vegas 79, uh, Mateus Gamro over uh, Hapiel Fiziev by second round TKO due to injury. So a uh, preemptive uh, uh, preemptive stoppage there. Not preemptive, but just, you know, didn't really answer a lot of questions, put it that way. But uh, due to injury, uh, Bryce Mitchell, everyone's favorite. Uh, Loudmouth picking up a, a win over uh, 50K Dan Ige by unanimous decision. And Tin Means still fighting. I can't believe the Dirty Birds still fighting. <laughs> and picked up a win on this card as well. And then uh, we'll go over the rest of the month. I mentioned I'm going to talk about Rampage Jackson in that aforementioned uh, UFL, whatever, was scheduled to fight Daryl Titties Schoonover. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a rivalry from the tough days of like, I don't know, 15 years ago, 10 years. I mean, this is a long time ago this happened. And uh, this idea that uh, that rivalry fight needed to finally happen. Uh, Kurt Angle uh, claimed that UFC had made three offers to him through the years to fight. The final one being a half a million dollars to be on uh, the tough season with Kimbo. They promised him a deal after he, he declined. Uh, if I remember, and I think Dave might have even reported this as well, that uh, essentially Kurt wasn't medic medically cleared. Like he couldn't fight, could do to his neck and all that stuff. But, you know, Kurt Angle tends to tell a few stories here and there. Uh, UFC announced a deal with Prohibit, uh, Prohibit, Prohibit, however you want to pronounce that, to, to prevent fighters and coaches from betting on fights, and there were some questions how this is going to work, but they're at least trying. Uh, Dana White laughing at the idea of Bellator being bought by PFL. Uh, the PFC, Paul, 
the not the Paul fighting championships, the pillow fighting championship was sued by the UFC because their logo looked very similar. Uh, UFC and WWE officially merged to become TKO. Dana White does not see any crossover between the two brands. And he laughed when a um, WWE company executive suggested uh, that there might be. And he said that was the stupidest thing he had ever heard. That's uh, pretty surprising in that career. Pat Miletic was arrested for suspected DUI again. Derek Brunson cut from the UFC. Dana White said he felt nothing when his parents recently died. Owen St. Pru busted by USADA and then Patty Pimlet versus Tony Ferguson, set for UFC 296 and what may be, very well be Tony Ferguson's final fight in the UFC. As a spoiler alert, he picked up a loss in that one. Thoughts about any of that? I mentioned earlier that uh, when Rampage was announced that he was going to have a fight, I had forgotten. And then when you mentioned who his opponent was, uh, I do remember this now because <laughs> a memorable moment on, on my podcast was Ryan was kind of going over the news and he, and he says the name Daryl Schoonover. And uh, I just blurted out. I was like, titties. And <laughs> Ryan was so pissed off at me uh, <laughs> just for interrupting him like that. Um, yeah. The, uh, that UFC Paris was another great show. Um, second year in a row that they had done that. And the, I think I want to say this might've gone head to head with, or on the same date as uh, all in. And, um, and the year before they had gone the same date as clash of the castle. Yeah, so it's kind of weird because I, I, you know, kind of going back and forth between the shows. I might be wrong on those dates, but September second, right? September oh, September second. So that would be all out then. Um, yes, so yeah, be all out weekend. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm not, uh, not, not correct then. Okay, so but yeah, great show. Um, you know, and Cyril gone is big star in in France, and uh, yeah, that robbery story was, you know, debatable about inside job. I mean, everyone in the country knew he was fighting, you know, so True. Yeah. Knew his house was going to be empty. Manon um, Ferro established herself as a flyweight contender with the win over Rose. And uh, probably maybe the next time they go to France, uh, maybe she'll get a title shot um, because that seems to be an annual stop for them now. Um, the, uh, yeah, the Dana White story with Bellator and PFL. I mean, he's, he just can't keep his mouth shut about that that <laughs> one. I I like uh, one of his comments was he says two two shitty companies that no one watches is going to get together and now they're going to be one bigger company that no one watches or something like that. Right. <laughs> it's just and, and they're on ESPN now, so um, that was interesting. Um, Brunson being cut was shocking because he actually had a fight coming up. Um, I believe he was booked for I want to say the MSG card or you know, some card. Um, that, you know, and they, you know, they ended up having to be pulled from the fight because he was cut. So, um, that, that was, that, that story kind of shocked me when, when it happened. And, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, nothing much, just, you know, typical, uh, UFC month. Um, and, uh, as we get set for the last three months of the year, uh, this feels like we just started and we're almost done. I know. I know. Bellator did have one event during the month, Bellator 299. Uh, that was, uh, Johnny Eblen defending the middleweight title. Against Fabian Edwards, Aaron Pico, days for your fighter, uh, picking a win over Pedro Carvalho uh, with a first round TKO win and uh, a bunch of other fights of people. That, that was Ireland, fight. right? That, show? that was Ireland. Correct. Yep. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I know my stuff, dude. That's right. Even Bellator. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. I so, don't yeah. watch these shows, but I, I heard about them. <laughs> I can't. You know, in Canada, like for it's been like a year and a half now, we, we don't even get Bellator. Um, yeah. We have to pay for a subscription to YouTube and pay 20 bucks a show to see it. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Cause I mean, here we get, just get everything. There's no question yeah. about it. it. Like it's wild to me. Even like, uh, 
Yeah, you can't get AW, AW Collision doesn't air there or something like that. Or yeah. you have, it, it's a pain in the ass to really get it, right? Yeah, so I get like I have a I got got myself a Fire Stick now, so I can watch. I set my VPN to. Uh, I know we used to. Do we still have a NordVPN as a sponsor? I know you, uh, you were doing their ad reach for a while. That's that's right. I don't think we do, but certainly they're a fine sponsor. <laughs> yeah, so I that's what I I got, I got after listening to you do an ad read. Hmm. Um, and uh, they uh, they so I set my thing to UK and I can watch Collision now, uh, but I can't watch it quote unquote legally in Canada. Um, unless I pay for TSN plus, which mm. is eight bucks a month. And half the time they don't even upload it for a couple of days. So I, I did actually sign up originally for that, but then I got sick of waiting for the show to be uploaded and decided to do the VPN route. So that is um, wild. I can't, yeah. I, I can't fathom that. I can't. And I, so I imagine I could probably do Bellator that way too, but I didn't really care enough to do it. And <laughs> now they're not, now they're, uh, you know, they're going to be merged with PFL. So I, we do get PFL um on uh, tsn so uh you know i do watch pfl when it's on um the prelims are on the streaming service so i'm not paying for that but yeah, yeah. i will i will do the 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 main cards all right well another fun three-month run july august september are in the books and yeah a lot of uh a lot of things happening and then yeah we'll we'll close things out with uh, the final three months of the year we'll even talk about this past weekend's uh ufc pay-per-view that saw leon edwards Dispatch the dastardly Colby Covington, who apparently seems to be on his uh, his last legs because of relevance, uh, especially with all the you know the bullshit that happened after. It just uh, yeah seems like it seems like you're mentioning air out of balloons. Uh, I, I think I think we might be at that point with uh, with Colby Covington definitely. Um, but we'll talk more about that next month, including all the rest of the happenings. And uh, yeah, UFC returning to Madison Square Garden with a much different main event than they first anticipated and uh, all the other things as well. So we'll talk more about that uh, next time. And that'll be the first week of January to make sure we get all the news that happens through the end of uh, the year. But uh, before we let you go, why don't you go ahead and do your plugs? Sure. Uh, mentioned the uh, In the Clan Family May podcast is returning in January on the Fight Game Media free feed. So you can just search on all your major podcast platforms. If you're like me and have Downcast for to listen to all the F4W shows, you can search Fight Game Media and, and find it very easily there. Just sign up for the whole feed. Lots of stuff on pro wrestling and MMA. And I do another show on that network called The Dynamite Show with uh, Jeff Hawkins. And uh, we record that 20 minutes after Dynamite ends every week. So we also do the show live on YouTube on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. So you can uh, search for us and watch watch live as we're doing the show and comment in the chat section. And we have a lot of fun. We got a lot of regular viewers and listeners and uh, a lot of interaction. So you can join us there. And it's now free. So you just got to put up with a few ads. Um, but uh, maybe uh, NordVPN will sponsor us. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, other than that, uh, I do have a show that I'll plug. I'll, I'll send out a tweet when I do it, and I'll put it on my Facebook. But I'm doing a show with my good friend David Lovell where I'll be doing uh, 15 songs that appear to be random but aren't random at all. It's his weekly surprise show, and I'm doing that with him next week. So oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. And I have a lot of great songs planned for that show. So if you like music, uh, check that out. I'll uh, I'll tweet it out. Very good. Very good. All right, Paul. Thanks so much, and uh, have a Merry Christmas. And we will uh, we'll talk to you after the new year. Imagine that. Just like that. We're here in 2024, and we'll wrap up the series. Paul, thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. Looking forward to it. Have a Merry Christmas to you too and your young family.